County some love. What's up, North County? Uh, and then the opposite direction, just south of us, is San Ysidro. We have a San Ysidro campus. What's up, San Ysidro? Bueno. That's good, huh? And then east of us, about as far east as you could go and still be in San Diego, in a place called El Cajon, which is translated the box. But we think outside of the box. That's why I'm here. And my, my East County family, which I'm the campus pastor of, uh, East County. What's up, East County? Be nice to Dan. Be nice to Dan. Uh, but then we have these things that we call microsites, and they're all over. And this morning, we have one at Rock Thrift right down the street. Want to say what's up, Rock Thrift? They're, they're with us live all morning. But a special microsite to my heart is because in our East County family, we sent uh, our, our dear friends off to Hawaii. They were, they were called on the mission trip to Hawaii, right? Daniel's in the service and his wife, and they have a microsite right now in their house in Hawaii right now. Like, that's crazy, isn't it? What's up, Hawaii? All day long, we're going to be welcoming our microsites, and uh, you got to pray for the Rock Church as we expand all over the globe, I mean all over the globe, and, and pray about where the Lord wants you to start a microsite or a multi-site. Amen? Amen. Okay, uh, if you have your Bible, I want you to grab it. If, in your notes, if you have a, a, a note, a lesson plan, I want you to grab your lesson plan. Uh, I, I'm going to be uh, I'm gonna taking this uh, on our continued journey as we look at prayer. And we're going to touch on some things that Pastor Miles has, has been teaching us and working with us over the last couple, couple weeks. And then we're going to add a, a few things more. I, I want to just tell you, I just want to just acknowledge for the record that the, the Apostle Paul in this book, he says to the congregations as he's writing to the church of the day, he says, labor with me in prayer. That word labor, a lot of ladies know about that word, right? Uh, it's work. Is labor work? I got ladies all over the place, whatever campus you're on, let's hear it. If you understand and, and can relate with labor being work. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Uh, in other words, work with me in prayer. So prayer, according to the, the guy who wrote a, a, a third of the New Testament, two-thirds of the New Testament, is, is hard work. Would you agree with that? Every single Sunday for the last three weeks, Pastor Miles has asked in all five services for you to turn to the person next to you and ask them, were they on time? And did they read 15 minutes a day? Anybody participate in that? Uh-huh. And, and, and every single service that I was in, which is most of them, uh, I, I was on my knees at East County, and the person next to me would say, well, one guy actually said, yep. And then a second later, he goes, I can't lie to my pastor. Sorry, I didn't do it. <laughs> that was awesome. It's, it's difficult, even 15 minutes a day, labor uh, of prayer. The work of prayer is hard, right? And I'm not even going to ask you to turn to the person next to you and ask them. All I want you to do is turn to the person next to you and say, congratulations, you did it. Just say that. Yeah, that's good. Now, what they did, you don't know. I mean, was it 15 minutes a day, one day this week, maybe. But congratulations. Hey, listen, we can get there. You can get there, as hard as it is. And, and this morning, I'm going to look through a, a model. It's actually a business model. I just recently listened to a book by Dr. Henry Cloud. And in this book, he breaks down a business model that's help, helpful as you lead. And I think if we can use this same model in prayer, then it becomes a prayer activation model. So this morning, we're going to look at all kinds of scriptures. And if you are new to this book, it's okay. Ask the person next to you. They'll help you. We're going we're gonna to be... Thumbing through this big time, okay? So get it, get your, get, get loose. Just get loose. Just get your, your fingers loose. We're going to be turning through some. And then I got this lesson plan. Now, here's what you need to know about me is I'm a tad bit ADD. 
Uh, like, for example, I'm on the phone the other day. I'm, I'm, I'm talking on my phone, and I'm going nuts because as I'm talking to the person on my phone, I didn't have the headsets thing on. I was literally holding it up to my ear, which if you have the iPhone 6, it's like this, you know, but I had the, the small one, and I'm looking for my phone as, I, as I'm on it. You ever do that? I was looking for my phone. I was distracted with the conversation. Hold on, I can't find my phone. And they said, you're on it, Ricky. You ever, do, you ever done this where you're talking to somebody who's not your spouse or significant other, like a coworker, and you're like, okay, bye, babe, love you. And then you're like, oh. you ever do that? See what I'm saying? I'm a little ADD. Okay, so here's the thing. Fill this thing out. I'll try my best to get you the answers, but you just got to do the work on this, all right? And if you miss it, you just have to come to another service or jump into one of our, our campuses. Amen? Amen. All right. Ready? Okay, let's pray. Should we pray? Should we pray like Pastor Miles taught us to pray? Let's do it. Father God, I thank you for this church family which expands across the globe. I thank you for the opportunity we have to gather in, in communities here in Point Loma and Hawaii and San Ysidro and East County, North County and, and, and all over the, the map, God. Thank you for those who are, are, who are all over the place serving this country, God. And we ask that you bless them and keep them well. And Lord, we pray for our pastor as he travels today. You give him safety in, in his return. And I pray that you would fill his heart with whatever he experienced in South Africa, Lord. We thank you for the word that you're going to bring us today. Your word, Lord. I pray that nothing out of my mouth would, would, would stick, but just your word would stick into our hearts today, we pray in your name. Amen. 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 So this business model, which we're going to use as a prayer activation model, is basically three components, okay? And there's three components to being successful, according to this book that I read, in business, okay? And those three components are three things that you want to be continuously doing, okay? One is attention. Uh, those things that you bring your attention to so that you can lead well, so you can focus on what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, then the, the second part of that uh, is inhibiting. You want to inhibit certain things that are drawing your attention away from the most important thing and remembering. Okay, and the third part, remembering, you want to remember what it is that you're supposed to be putting your attention on and why. Okay, so let's just for, just for example sake, let's use driving. Okay, you're driving a car. Uh, you have to put your attention on certain things. You have to put your attention on the speedometer, the speed limit, the steering wheel, who's next to you on either side, your side view, your, your rear view mirrors. And, uh, and if you're staying in your right lane, if you need a brake, all that you, get, you have to put your attention on. So you have to inhibit those things that would keep you from putting your attention on that. For example, texting or talking on your phone or eating or putting on makeup. Some of you ladies, you have uh, vanity lights around your rear view mirror. Come on, ladies. Who puts your makeup on while you drive? Ladies? No? One? One? Okay. Thank you for admitting that. We're going to call you later to the altar. And here's the thing. <laughs> There's these things that you've got to get rid of. Otherwise, otherwise, you won't pay attention to the main thing you're supposed to pay attention to. And if you're like me, just, I'm going to just tell you straight for the record, I am a bad driver. I, don't, I, I was not put on this earth to drive, right? So, like, I'm one of these guys. I'm driving down the road, and I look at my daughter in the back seat. I do this, you know, and it's... You do that, and it's not because I'm on my phone. It's because I'm just a bad driver, right? So there's certain things that I really got to pay attention to, 
And then there's the remembering. When you get behind the wheel of a car, even if you're paying attention to the things that you should and you're inhibiting the things that are keeping you from your attention, you still got to know where you're going, right? You don't just get in the car and show up. You have to know on the map where you're headed and, and how you're going to get there. Okay, so if you put this, this same model and these same principles to prayer, then what you have is you have a really solid way to try to hit that 15 minutes a day. And by the way, that 15 minutes a day, just so you guys know, that's like the rookie marker, okay? When you're a rookie, you start at 15 minutes a day. It's okay. You also, every professional athlete starts as a rookie. And just a, a side time out, uh, in this house, on any campus, in East County, okay, in, in San, especially in San Ysidro, today we're all Jesus fans, we're not Raiders fans or Chargers fans, just so you know, just so that there's no altercation. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, okay. We love Jesus and, and some of you love football, but, you know, put the jerseys aside today, okay. Prayer and uh, in, in, in act attention, what are you putting your attention on? If you look at your notes, uh, there's uh, several blanks under in, in prayer. What are you putting your attention on? And Pastor Miles has taken us through this acronym, OSIPA, over the last several weeks. So we're going to go really quickly through it because you should already have the notes, okay? Uh, admiration, and you can find Psalms 91. Waiting, Matthew 26. Confessing, Psalms 51. Intercession, Matthew 5. Petition, Ephesians 6. And adoration, back to adoration, Psalms 119. And if you add up all the first letters, it spells Asipa, okay? Asipa, 15 minutes a day, is, is what we should be putting our attention on in prayer. Okay, that's the answer. What should we put our attentions on? Right there. Pastor Miles has taught us over the last several weeks. You want to admire, admiration. You want to give God thanks. You want to wait upon the Lord. You want to confess your sins. You want to intercede on behalf of those around you and, and those who are not around you. You want to petition, asking God. That's, by the way, one of the last things, right? Because after all of that, then it, it literally shrinks the, what we're going to petition God for. And then we're going to thank God again or admire God again. Okay, that's what our attention should be on. But unfortunately, we have all of this energy taking our attention off of that. And it makes it really difficult to even do 15 minutes a day. And that's why Paul says, this is labor. This is hard work. So go to the next section in your note, and we're going to look at the five things. And this is after uh, pulling a lot of folks. I've been asking people for the last couple of weeks, why can't you hit the 15 minutes? What's keeping you from praying just 15 minutes a day? So these are the top five. So maybe one uh, that's not on here is something you struggle with. Then I'm going to ask you to just write it down. Okay, you want to look at that a little bit later. But inhibiting. What are the top five things that we should be inhibiting to prevent the distraction from the attention to prayer. And this is what I have for you, okay? The first thing is fear. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open up to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's in the New Testament. It's the very first book in the New Testament. And chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 5 through 7 is one of the first recorded sermons we have of Jesus. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. But the number one thing that I heard over and over again is fear. There's a lot of different fear. But in particular is what if I'm doing it wrong? What if I'm saying the wrong things? What if I come to God with the wrong attitude? It's this fear that I'm doing it wrong. Right? And I, and I just want to ease your, your mind and your heart for, for now. Okay? If that's one of your top five things that keep you from praying 15 minutes a day, then I want to encourage you that even the professionals we're going to look at today do it wrong, especially the professionals do it wrong. 
Okay, I, I, I'm part of this, this prayer uh, group that meets a bunch of pastors, and we meet out in East County. And, and, you know, there's been times that I've been in there, and, and I just want to confess to you, as your pastor, I'm sitting there, and I'm in the circle of an incredibly godly man. They're all pastors, you know. Uh, and, 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 I'm, and we're praying. And I, and I hear someone, the guy next to me starts to pray. And I know I'm after him because we're praying in a circle, right? And he's like, dear heavenly father, gracious, almighty Jehovah Jireh, I beseech you in the name of all that's good and mighty. And, he's, and I'm listening to it going, man, that's good. That's good stuff. That's a good, good prayer. But the whole time I'm listening to him, I'm like, oh, man, I got to think of cool words. Because those are some cool words. And I don't know that many cool words, you know, as I'm listening and my, my hands are getting, like the palms of my hands are getting sweaty because I know he's about to pass to me. And what do I have, you know? You do one of those things like, I echo that, God. <laughs> Next. You ever do that? You start thinking of the biggest words you know. You know, I'm, start, I'm going, come on, what, I got to have some words in there, you know. Mighty smiter, please don't smite us. I mean, I'm like thinking of, what do I have? What do I have? You know, where two or more are gathered. I'm just randomly grabbing scripture that just happened to be in my mind. You know, for God so loved the world. You know, I mean, it's like I'm, I'm trying everything and, and then it's my turn to pray. That is so ridiculous. But you know what? Pastors struggle with that. People struggle with that. What are you going to say to God? I mean, does God, I mean, does he even recognize our voice? And what if we say it wrong? In Matthew 6, 5, we see Jesus as, as, as he's literally teaching one of his first sermons. So this is obviously very important to him. And he says this in verse 5, chapter 6. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the street, uh, street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have, not re- they have received their reward in full. He actually gives a, a rebuke to the religious leaders, the professional prayers those who stand in the middle of the synagogue and they, and they do their prayers that maybe they've written down and he says, don't be like that. And then in Matthew 6, 9, that we've been going over, this is, this is the theme of this year. If you haven't, if you haven't been around, it's, it's God's prayer model. It's what Pastor Miles, the Lord put on his heart to teach us and it's about as simple model as you can get in prayer. And this is what Jesus says in one of his first sermons. He says, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Great is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. How many of you learned this when you were a little kid? Mm -hmm. How many of you said it for years and years and years and never thought about it? Never thought about it. It's a pretty simple prayer model. And if you read that prayer model, it literally gives you all the things that we should be giving attention to in, in our prayer time. There's the adoration, there's the thankfulness, there's the asking, the petitioning, the confessing. There's all of those that lies in just these couple verses, a couple sentences. So if one of, your, one of the things that you, you, need, you need to put aside is fear. Put it aside with this. And if you need to pray this every single day, pray it every single day. It's a great prayer model. But what if it seems stale or old? Keep praying it. Keep praying. This is from God. It's in red letters. You know all the stuff in red letters in here is serious stuff, right? The second thing that I, I heard over and over again, you can write in your notes, that, that keeps us from praying is doubt. I don't believe Jesus uh, will answer my prayer. How many of you ever experienced doubt in here and you don't think Jesus is going to answer, so why even? Yep, I have too. 
And I prayed for a baby girl. I prayed for a daughter for four and a half years. Four and a half years. That's a long prayer for a baby girl. And, and eventually I just stopped praying. You ever get that way? You're just like, ah, I'm not going to pray that anymore. Because I doubted that God would answer that prayer. And I just want to put this in some perspective, okay? So uh, if, if you went, went to all the effort to fill out an application for a job, right? And then you went down there and you put on, you know, your fancy clothes and, and, and you go to this job, you know, whoever the hiring manager, you give them the application and, and they, they like what they see. They call you back for an interview. And, and before they call you back for the interview, they send you an email and they say, this job is narrowed down to you and one other person. I want you to come in and give us your best. And then you're, and you're on your couch and you're like, ah, I probably won't get it. So I just won't go in for an interview. That's tough, right? You won't get the job for sure if you don't go in for the interview. Let me put it for those who are single in here. Let's just speak to the single guys. Do we have any single guys in here? In here? A couple here? Campuses? Single guys? I know Milton. You're there. <laughs> We're looking, Milton. We're looking, buddy. Hang in there. You see a young lady, you know, there she is across a crowded sanctuary. (laughs) And the stage lights glistening off of her fingernails as she worships the Lord. (laughs) Okay, knock it off. You're supposed to be worshiping God. But afterwards you kind of you see her in the lobby and 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 there she is she's in the lobby or maybe she's at the gym where your microsite is or maybe she's in east county across she's by the cocos you're like whoa (laughs) and you're like i know this is the girl for me and you just go but she'll probably say no so you don't ask her out is that very smart is that going to get the job done is she even going to recognize you now, what if you do walk over and you ask her and she says, I'm not interested, then at least you know, right? At least you know. I mean, I'm married today because I took a chance. At, actually, I, for my wife, Nova, like, I'm going, there's no way that, that, you know, she could pull a guy like me. So I'll give her a chance. <laughs> I kid you not. You're laughing, those of you, because you see my wife. She's drop-dead gorgeous. And, by the way, she is evidence that prayer works, guys. Right there. <laughs> You know what I mean? When your dad says, what did you do? Are you still on drugs, son? How did you get a girl like that? I don't know, dad. Okay. <laughs> Flipping your Bible to Mark chapter 9. Real close. Matthew, Mark. Second book in the New Testament. This is, again, this is, this is easy to find. It's Matthew, Mark. It's the interaction with Jesus. And, and, and I want you to understand something and if you're writing notes you can fill this in Jesus is not shocked by our unbelief our disbelief our doubt he's not shocked by it he's not blown away what but he doesn't he doesn't let us get away with it and I'm gonna read this to you a man in the crowd Mark 9 verse 17 a man in the crowd answered teacher I brought brought you my son who is possessed by spirits who is who is robbed of him of his speech when whenever it seizes him and throws him on the ground. He foams in his, uh, of his mouth and he, and he gash, gnashes his teeth and be, becomes rigid. I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation. That's in red letters. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long will I, will I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So he doesn't let you get away with it. He's not shocked by it, but he's not okay with it. 
So they brought him, and when the, when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions, and he fell into the ground, and he rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But uh, you can do anything. Take pity on us and help us. If, you, if you're underlining in your Bible, underline that, highlight it, okay? But you can do anything, this man says, to Jesus. So take care of the spirit, please, if you can. Next question. Does that seem contradictory? You can do anything if you can. Said so Jesus, everything is, is possible for him who believes. So Jesus challenges his question. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Another one, underline that, highlight it. Then Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene. He rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently and came out and the boy looked so much like a corpse, corpse that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him and he put his hand on, on and lifted him up onto his feet and he stood up again. Jesus is, is not shocked by this man's disbelief, lack of faith, but he challenges it. Don't stay there if that's you. And, and this man's disbelief, however, catch this, didn't keep him from asking. So he asked and God answered. Doubt is okay as long as you put it in its right place. It can't keep you from praying. It shouldn't keep you from praying. Uh, look at priorities, number three on there. If you're writing down, write down priorities. I don't have time to pray. Uh, I just want you to understand that I hear that so many times. I don't have time to pray. And sometimes it seems like if we're going to really pray right, you know, I need to carve an hour. Or you hear people with these testimonies, oh, I, I pray for two or three hours a day. And you've never done that. And it's, it's intimidating to you. And you just go, man, I don't have time to pray. Okay, uh, if you're, or, or you ever ask a friend at dinner to pray for the meal, you know, and they do like a prayer world tour. They start in San Diego and they pray all the way to Haiti and back around and you're like, you're just looking at your food going, I'm hungry. You know, I don't get that. Like some of the most powerful prayers in scripture are literally a few words, right? John eleven forty one. John eleven forty one. This is one of the, the most famous interactions with Jesus and his friend. This guy named Lazarus was his friend, and Jesus is off doing ministry, and his friend Lazarus dies. And, and Jesus literally calls his friend from the grave. But this is the prayer that raised a dead man. Okay? So they, they took him. Uh, so they, they took him to the stone. This is Lazarus' family took Jesus to the stone where they had buried him. And Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you always hear me, but I said this uh, for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. This is Jesus' prayer. God, you always hear me. I know you always hear me, but for the benefit of these people here, hear me again. And a man is raised from the dead. Do priorities, should priorities, our, our, our time prevent you from praying? No. Some of the most powerful prayers, one sentence. Number four, insecurity. It's those things that you have to inhibit. You have to inhibit insecurity, which keeps you from actually believing that God cares about what you're saying. You know, God wants to hear from you. You know, in Isaiah 62, verse six and seven, you don't have to look it up. 
We read this. Isaiah writes this. O Jerusalem, and, and speaking on behalf of God, that's what the prophets would do. I have posted watchmen on the walls, uh, and they will pray to the Lord day and night for the fulfillment of his promise, God's promise. Take no rest, all you who pray. God wants us to take no rest. He just wants to hear from us and talk to us. And, 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 and he doesn't want us to stop talking. He wants us to pray day and night. Scriptures say, pray without ceasing, without stopping. And he never gets sick of hearing it. You know, my daughter, she's this big. She just turned two years old. And she hasn't yet formulated too many words. She knows daddy and she knows mine, oddly enough. Uh, she knows bro, bro, that's her brother, and mommy. She knows a few of those, right? But then everything else is just up for interpretation. Dada, bro, bro, and most of the time I just go, yes, I agree. I don't know what I'm agreeing to, but it's good stuff. And she talks all day long, all day. Do you hear that? All. And she has one volume, by the way. It's off or our outside voice. She doesn't, we haven't just trained her to, she has cheering at a football game volume and off. That's it. Doesn't matter what room of the house she's in, you can hear what she's saying and you can't make, but I never want to stop hearing that little voice. You with me? And then finally, what's inhibiting us is impatience. You know, uh, that, that concept that, you know, I've been praying and praying and it just doesn't make a difference. Or some of you are impatient like me. I'm just, by nature, an impatient person. It's like, God, I've been praying for 15 minutes. How come you didn't answer? It's our culture. It drives impatience. I do this with my wife. I, honestly, I have no idea why my wife has a cell phone. Because every time I call, she doesn't answer. You ever get that? So you just keep pushing redial, redial, redial. You ever do that? Pushing redial so many times you forget you're pushing redial. And then she'll go, hello? And you're, oh, I forgot I was calling you still for half an hour. My birthday is tomorrow, and for my birthday, I asked my wife to answer the phone when I call. That's it. Just one thing. I'm going to call once, and you're going to pick up, and it's going to be a good day. How about this? You call. They don't pick up. You hang up, and you text. Where are you? Right? You do that. And then because you have your smartphone, you just email them. Are you on email? Like you're trying every comp And maybe a half an hour later, they call you, and you're freaked. Where were you? Like that? Remember back in the day, for those of you that are old like me, right? Back in the day, when you would leave a message on someone's answering machine, and it could be up to a day before they heard it. Remember this? Uh, 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 uh. You know what that is? Some of you are like, no, a fire alarm? It's a busy signal. Busy signal. Busy si They're busy. <laughs> Impatience. It's one of those things that just, it, it, it knocks us off of our axle and we can't, we can't handle it. I just want to remind you something in first, Second Peter 3.8, read this. But you just cannot forget, dear friends, that a day to the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. God is outside of time. He's not, in, in, time does not restrain God. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day for us. A day is a day. A thousand years is a thousand years. And sometimes when we're talking to the Lord, we just need to just be reminded of that. Because we get impatient. We're impatient. I want to tell you today, if you hear one thing, that prayer changes things. It may not change things today, this second, but it changes things. 
And we have this book full of testimony after testimony of prayer changing things. Now, God is a sovereign God, which is a fancy word that means he knows all things, does all things. All th nothing happens without his permission. He's created all things. And so how is it that prayer changes God's mind? I don't know. I mean, and I got thousands of dollars of education and degrees, and I can't tell you why. I don't know. I don't understand that. But yet I know it to be true that prayer changes things. Moses, in, in, in Exodus 32, Deuteronomy 29, God sees his people and he's mad at the people. They've rejected him one too many times. And he goes, Moses, you stay here. I'm going to go destroy the people and don't try to talk me out of it. And what does Moses do? God, please don't destroy the people. Try to talk him out of it. And what does God do? Okay, I won't destroy the people. Remembering who God is and who we are is the third and most important part. You got those things that you need to put your attention on, the asipa. We got that down. Adoration, confession, waiting, petitioning. Got that, okay? And then we have this list of things that keep us from putting our attention on those things. And, and, and if that was it, it might be still a struggle. It's 50-50 if we're going to make it today. But if we remember, okay, if we remember who God is and who we are, we have a greater chance of, of, of being successful, Okay, I want to just, uh, I want you to, I want you to just hear this, okay? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 through 13, okay, listen to this. This is way back in the beginning of time, and this is where we stand with God. It says uh, that, that uh, they heard a sound in the, uh, of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of, of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. And then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And then he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree uh, of, the, of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave me to be with, she, she gave me some from the tree and I ate. And then the Lord said, uh, to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said it was the serpent. He gave me some and, and I ate. In the Garden of Eden, there's perfect peace, shalom. Okay? It, it, it permeated through everything. Okay? God's relationship with man, our relationship with God, perfect peace. Our relationship with ourselves, well, there was no insecurities, there was no self-condemnation, perfect peace. Our relationship with each other, Adam and Eve, perfect peace. There is no discord, no fighting, no dissension. And then with the creation, perfect peace, creation, like he, the animals, there's no death in this time. And the animals and man hung out with the lion, with the tiger. How cool would that have been? And in just these few verses I read to you, all changed, right? Uh, they, they hid from God. They were afraid of God. That's broken peace with God. And then they were insecure about their nakedness. And that's insecurity. They had broken peace with themselves. And then they turned on each other. The woman, she did it. Broken peace. All right, and then they turned on creation. The serpent, broken peace. And in literally an act of disobedience that's only a few verses, there's absolutely no peace. And that's who we are, in case you forgot. In case you forgot. Let me remind you, that's who we are. We're broken people in need of fixing. No matter how good you are, rich you are, rich, famous you are. By the way, 80% of teenagers that, that they pulled when they said, what do you want to do with your life? 80% of them said, I want to be famous. Not I want to, I want to fix starvation or I want to change the world or I want to do something big or I want to be professional athlete and, and do good things on the, on the basketball court or in the football field. They said, I want to be famous. 
because they're broken. They, they're all messed up. So if you're wondering, do we have peace apart from God? The answer is no. And if you're trying to get it apart from God, you're not going to find it. None of this makes sense. And then let's remember who God is. You can look these up later and go find them for yourself. But God is good in Psalms and uh, 136. We read that all over Bible, all over the Bible. God is good. Uh, God is our refuge. God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. God is merciful. Uh, God is the God of gods. God is almighty. He's awesome. God is sun and shield. God is gracious. God is flawless. God is creator. God is faithful. God is holy. God is spirit. God is everlasting. God is living and active. God is light. And God is love. You know, uh, we're going to enter into a season where Pastor Miles is going to preach every week on the names of God. And you're going to see God is much bigger than what we can even wrap our brains around. But in all of this prayer understanding of, of, of us and prayer and what we should do and the things that are keeping us from doing that, I just want you to know God ultimately loves to give good gifts to his people and he is madly in love with you. You know that? He's desperately in love with you. So much so that he sent his only son for you. And this idea of God loving to give good gifts to his people is a fantastic idea. I want you just to think about that for a minute. And, and, and Jesus says, you know, you know, these fathers, you know how to, to give good gifts to your kids. Of course, if they're hungry, you give them something to eat. You're not going to give them a rock. You're going to give them bread. How much greater is God in what he gives? And, and I want to display this just in, in this, you know, bear with me in this. Maybe you think this is a little, a little wacky, and it probably is. But in this campus here in Portland, and all the campuses, even in Hawaii, I, I just want you to just check underneath your seat and, and, and you're going to look for, uh, there's a few of you that are going to find an envelope looks like this. Check underneath your seats right now and see if you can find an envelope like this. And if you find this envelope, I just want you to stand up with the envelope. Stand up, stand up. There's a, there's a few of you popping up here. Okay, good. Uh, it looks like this. It doesn't have any writing on it. So if it has writing on it, it's the wrong envelope. Stand up if you have that. It's just a blank envelope. All the campuses everywhere. Okay, uh, there's a few of you here. Good. Keep standing as you think about. Keep standing. Okay, and on the campuses, stand up wherever you are. I just want you to open that envelope. And in that envelope, uh, you're going you're gonna to find a, a gift from us. It's $5. Okay, so if you're, you're on your feet, stand on your feet. Just hold that $5. It's pretty cool. I just, check this out. This is fun to give to you guys five bucks today, a few of you. I mean, think about this. This is a gallon of gas. This is a, this is a drink at Starbucks. Stay standing, stay. This is a drink at, no, it's not a drink at Starbucks. This is a drink at 7-Eleven. <laughs> a jack-in-a-box, this will buy you five to ten tacos, depending on who you're with. <laughs> Doesn't it feel good? You didn't have five dollars literally a minute ago, and now you have an extra five bucks. Now I want you to turn around and give it to the person behind you. Go ahead, give it to the person behind you. Give it to the person, yep, give it to him, give it to him, yep. Awesome. Awesome. You got it. Awesome. Give it away. All campuses in Hawaii. Don't try to keep it Hawaii. God loves to give good gifts to his children, but you know what? You're not his only child. And he loves to give good gifts to his children so his children can bless his children. You are blessed to be a blessing, are you not? This whole idea and concept of prayer and why we do it and how we go about it, we got our, with the things that we should put our attention on and then hundreds of things that are keeping us from it. And then, you know what? Here's the deal. We, we have this remembering of who we are and who God is. But, but all I told you was the bad side of who you are. But here's what I want, to remember, want you to remember as we close our, our, our service today. 
We, we, we have a picture, okay, we get it, we're lost, we're broken, all is sin and fallen short of the glory of God, and God is amazing and good, and yet he still loves to bless us. I don't understand that necessarily. Let me see if I can help you wrap your brain around it, okay? Do you know that God's not mad at you? Some of you came in here today kind of looking up, looking around, okay, I made it, I'm in church. Maybe you're thinking if they only found out who I was, they probably wouldn't even let me in this church, whatever campus. Or maybe I should have gone to a microsite. It's easier to get in and out or multi-site. You kind of snuck in. The Lord wants you to hear this today, okay? Psalms 139 says, I praise you, God. This is king of kings, the the king of of the day, the most powerful king in the nation, King David. And he messed up. Towards the end of his life, if you follow his life, there is all kinds of craziness. His, his life had, had, had murder and lying, deceit, incest. There's all this craziness in his life. And he says, I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know this full and well. Full and well. He's convinced of it. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place. And you wove me together, uh, in, in, together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body and and all the days of my life were ordained. They were written in your book and and before even one came to pass. How precious are your thoughts of me, O God. How vast are the sum of them. Were I I to count them, they they would outnumber the grains of sand. God's thinking of us and thinking of us all day long. And we have this idea of how we should come to him. We got the uh, stuff we should put our attention on as we come to him. But then there's all these things. But if we just remember who we are and who he is, it doesn't make it as hard. Right? Because you're a sinner fallen and, and he says, you're my, my friend. You know that? He says that you're my chosen people, that you're a holy nation. You're a holy nation. He says, you are my own. God says, you are my own. Isn't that crazy? He calls you sons and daughters and princes and princesses. He calls you new, for goodness sake. You understand that? Do you understand that the Lord that created the heavens and the earth, he made, it says that this in, in Isaiah 40, it says that God can hold all the waters of the earth in the palm of his hand. That's how much water I can hold in the palm of my hand. He holds the oceans, every ocean in the palm of his hand. It says he sits above the circle, the sphere of the earth. And it's planets, all the planets and the galaxies, all the galaxies. You know, there's a star that they found, a star that they found that you can, you can literally fit our entire galaxy. You can fit some number that I can't even pronounce in that one star. And he goes, man, I, not only do I know you, but I love you. Not only do I love you, but I'm desperate to have a relationship with you. If you wouldn't mind, just bow your heads, whatever campus you're on, if you're here in Point Loma, or if you're in East County, North County, San Ysidro, one of the microsites, I want you to bow your heads. And, and, and here's, as the, as the team that, that here in Point Loma has come down to pray and, and in all the campuses, as, as I read these five things again, I just want you to confess if you need to confess if these five things or anything else is keeping you from, from walking with the Lord in, in, in a day-to-day basis in prayer, prayer conversation with Him. If you're not hitting your, your, your 15 minutes a day, why? And why isn't it not 30 or 40? Because your recognition of who you are and who God is. Because maybe some of you, you know, maybe some of you have fear 
If you're here in this campus in Point Loma or any other campus, if fear is your thing that you need to literally defeat today, I want you to get out of your seat with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed and come down here. If fear is keeping you from talking to God, or maybe for you it's doubt. If doubt is keeping you from talking to God, get up out of your seat right now, wherever you are, and come down here. Fear, get up out of your seat, come down here in Point Loma or whatever campus. Or maybe it's priorities. You got to confess your priorities. You got to get your priorities straight right now in this moment, remembering who you are and who God is with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. I want you to get up out of your seat and walk down here and these folks are going to pray for you. Or maybe it's insecurity. You know, maybe God doesn't want to hear from me. I want you to confess that insecurity. I want you to get up out of your seat wherever you are and walk down here, get that insecurity straight. Or maybe it's impatience impatience is keeping you from talking to God. I want you to get up out of your seat. I want you to get up out of your seat and get down here right now and, and confess your impatience. Or maybe you just need a relationship with God. Then I want you to confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and believe in your heart. And then I want you to come down here, just up out of your seat, wherever you are, get up out of your seat and come down here.